So welcome to the Supported Loving Podcast. Uh, this is uh, episode number seven and today I'm joined by Isabel. Would you um, like to introduce yourself, Isabel, to our listeners? Yeah. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Isabel Bujon. I am from Spain, two degrees. I'm a social worker and also a edu- social worker. I am an educational psychologist and I also done a master's degree in new creative ways of teaching people depending on their special needs basically and I'm now training myself as an art therapist and with all that is how I start creating this book Sex Ruth Now is Real that we are going to talk about now. Fantastic. Welcome. We observe a clear need from two of the guys we supported and then after I started writing and creating activities and games and stuff then we actually realized that many of them if not all actually needed that same approach in different ways but um, they all needed to know a bit more about themselves sexuality relationship how i feel who i am etc the the center is for autistic people Mm -hmm. but some of them also have uh, learning disabilities So you said it was developed for two men in particular. The 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 the, the sort of the thought behind it initially was around two men. So what was happening for those, without obviously breaking any confidentiality, what was happening for those two individuals that made you think there might be a need here for a, a something to be developed? One of them, uh, he's uh, 24 years old now, and um, at the time, well, he's basically because some times autistic people have their puberty later so I mean they obviously develop physically in the same age as we all do mm-hmm. but the actual desire and the sexual needs and everything sometimes comes after and then he was 23 last year and he was kind of like in puberty um, time for him because he was having sexual arousals quite often and the thing that we observe is that one day I was um, having a chat with him during one activity and then he was sexually aroused and I realized he realized and the issue was that he didn't know what was going on with his body so basically he started hitting his own genitals like quite stressed out and what I did was obviously try to calm him down explain him that's a natural thing it will go away just relax for a bit and I called the house where he was living at the time and I asked them like what do you do when he when when this happens Mm -hmm. and how do you try to calm him down and stuff and they basically said it's obviously not a criticism because uh, sex is a taboo like we all know and that's why I was for love with this here (laughs) yeah (laughs) even more for people with special needs so Mm -hmm. we all know that but the problem was uh, or something that increased his anxiety was that apparently the people at home were just whenever he had an um an erection they will say to him go to your room until you calm down so <laughs> in my mind when i thought about that it was kind of like so he doesn't know what's going on it's kind of like you find a lump in your body something that's changed you don't know what it is when that happened and you're already stressed out about it someone tells you that's wrong go yes. i don't want to have you here so that, I can that see why that would be very distressing for him. Yeah, definitely. 
that was one of the things that made me start doing a few of the activities and I talked to my boss and I said to him um, if I would be allowed to just explain him what an erection is. But the problem was that I couldn't really explain him what an erection was if I didn't explain him before um, anatomy. Like at the t until that point, in sorry <laughs> about my French, That's but okay. uh, <laughs> until that point, his penis was, you know, a tool that was for just one job, which yeah, was just having a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, if I wanted to explain him about erections, I want I had to explain him also like, oh no, your penis, you know, is useful for other stuff <laughs> as well. Yeah. So then I had to explain him about anatomy and um, and also respect to others because I couldn't really explain him about anatomy or erections if I didn't explain him that, you know, even if you have this desire and that's happening because you want sex, then you still have to respect other people. You know, you don't, you can't really just think that because this is happening to you, you, you have to get sex. Yeah. So one thing linked to another and then, yeah, the whole book came with all those things and then from personal going from personal space anatomy and sexual attraction and then relationship and emotions like trying to combine everything to explain from the most basic thing to the most difficult one i think which is relationship and love and all these things and with the other is a guy who is um, now 38 and he's homosexual and what he was showing it was like some um sexually aggressive behavior uh, in public, like masturbating in public right. and things like that when when there was a situation that actually, you know, basically gave him a sexual arousal. Right. Uh, he never talked to anyone about it. You know, he's been kicked out for from many places before because of this situation. So no one actually took the chance to explain him what was going on with his body and how to deal with it. So this, I know, had, just... been, so this had been a gentleman who said he was 38 years old, so he had... Yeah. He had it, it severely impacted on his life by the sounds yeah. of it. He's been sort of, you know, told that he's he's banned from certain places or ejected mm -hmm. from certain places because of it. And at no point anyone had not stepped in and given him any support around what was happening for him. No, nothing at all. And that's the problem I see that if we don't explain them how they can deal with it, how, how are we going to expect them to, you know, to do the right thing if we have never taken the time to help them out. That was the situation and one of the, some of the activities are actually um, done specifically for this situation as well to try to explain also why it's inappropriate to do certain things in public, how to deal with it if it happened in public and you know where to help yourself and sort your things out if you need to you know and that part was also more adjusted to this other gentleman but it's all combined in the same book in any case if someone else is going to use the book it can actually just be flexible pick the activities that they need adjusted and help that person that's really interesting obviously i, I run supported love and help it's a national network that supports um relationship you know shares best practice around um, relationships and sexuality of people with learning disabilities and or autism and then what what do you think are the specific challenges that the that, that people with autism face in this area i think the main challenge is that everybody around them try to pretend that that need doesn't exist so whenever something happens 
no one was actually explaining him anything. They just said to him, go away, go away until you calm down. The second one was the same thing because things were happening. He was getting banned from places and no one actually took the time to talk to him. And now uh, we are using it with two girls at the hub as well at the, the place where I work. It's the same situation. Like I have been told that they have to use just the first chapter and the last one, like personal space and relationship and emotions with them too. Just because, because they are women, we don't have a proof of their sexual needs. I find this so wrong because what's that actually what we are waiting for? For one of them to jump on a man or a woman to yeah. prove that they have sexual needs? I mean, the fact that one of the ladies is saying that she wants to have a boyfriend and she's asking for cuddles and hugs and kisses all the time, it obviously shows that a need of intimacy. That's, I think that the main challenge is not them, it's actually us that we try to protect them so much that we pretend that they don't have that need. And if we were able to talk openly to them about you know, what is actually happening to them, it would be so much easier. And the proof is that those two gentlemen and uh, gentlemen and these two ladies are actually changing their behavior so much in like the last few months that we have been working with the book. I mean, that's fantastic news. I mean, I I, I totally agree. I, I definitely think there's a lack of acknowledgement for sexual desire and the fact that people, why, why, why would people be any different? Why would somebody with a learning or autism be any different to anyone else? You know, why would they not have the same sexual desires? And um, it's great that the work you're doing, and I'll come on to that again in, in a second about how, what you've seen as a result. But going back to the sex education, did you, had the people you spoke to, had they, they had, no, they've never had any sex education of any kind. Did no, they? nothing at all. Because, uh, for example, the first uh, gentleman I was talking about, the one um, who's having sexuality and was uh, very anxious about it, actually, the first one of the first uh, sessions I had with him about anatomy was what gave me the title of the book <laughs> because of. <laughs> The sentence he actually said and it was basically because I show him uh, one of the pages of um, anatomy the first um, activity yeah. which is just a man and a woman naked and asking what can you see that is different which is quite obvious yeah. and he didn't want to tell me anything he started like getting really nervous and rocking on the chair and things like that and all of a sudden he uh, st stood up and said to me Isabel sex is truth and I stood up with him and very calm I said to him, sex is not truth, it's a natural thing and it's real. So it's up to you. You don't have to do this activity if you don't want to. Take a minute and think about it and let me know. And yeah. because way to calm himself down was actually to repeat those sentences that I said. Yeah. And he kept trying to convince himself after all those years of hearing that, you know, um, sex is truth and sex yeah. is wrong. He was trying to convince himself of sex is not truth, sex is real. And he was actually saying those two sentences to himself out loud while walking around the room. Yeah. And that's what it gave me the, you know, the title. The, yeah. 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 The, the title, title and the idea of, of what's going on, what's actually wrong with society. <laughs> Totally, I totally agree. And then there's there's research to show that um I, there's there's a study and I can't remember who it's by now off the top of my head that shows that it's particularly women with learning disabilities who are given that 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 you know men 
given that the 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 view that sort of like sex is dangerous and wrong and you can get in trouble whereas women are told sex is dirty and wrong and you shouldn't yeah. let men do it to you and there's yeah. research saying that women um women who would learn this but it's feel that uh, it's, it's a really depressing stat i can't remember exactly it's something like 80 percent of women feel that sex is wrong no matter who the partner so even if it's a loving relationship a loving mm-hmm intimate relationship they still think it's it's wrong which is just so sad because it's something that gives so so many of us so much pleasure (laughs) it's just like why why would it be wrong like it wouldn't be wrong but I I agree I think that's I think that's a major a major and and I think I, I mean how when you started to do this work what was the reaction like among um maybe the other staff or the family did they know that this or the staff or the family members did they know that this work was going to start taking place and were they positive about it the families know that this is this was happening from all of them so because obviously if you're going to talk to someone with a special need about those um subjects um any little thing could be considered abuse i mean if i show them something uh, that might be too much for someone and they can think that you know that's why I, that's why i started creating my own materials because when you go online mm-hmm. and try to type sexual education you find everything yeah and it was a delicate subject for the families and also for them so, yeah everybody was aware and everybody was happy that that was happening some of the some parts of the families uh, wanted to be part of it and other parts just said that they wanted to know yeah. that it was going well or okay. if something was wrong just let me know but don't tell me much about it kind of thing which is fair enough as well like i mean it's not easy i guess to discuss with your 38 year old son about sexuality when you are already you know in your 60s it's yeah. fair enough but the important part was that they were very happy and supportive that that was happening for his son so there's often i think often parents get a bit of a bad um a bad rep from 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 certainly from staff in social care yeah. because uh, we just finished a study at the University of Kent with Michelle McCarthy and one of the things we found was that actually parents were not as averse to relationships as people or sex education as people thought that they might be there was actually people were were not opposed to people getting um some support or relationships you know around relationships or sex education it was actually something that they that they quite welcomed the idea of yeah and i can imagine like as as you said uh, after 38 years um seeing your son being kicked out banned from almost every place because of those situations uh, it has to be very frustrating to don't know what to do yourself because at the end of the day you're a parent you're not a professional mm-hmm. and no one act- is actually offering you any help it's just like well we can't have him anymore bye they were actually very happy that this was happening and yeah supportive and encouraging things to go a bit better and more in an educational way for their son so it's really good and then the staff and the company is the same like you always get people who are a bit i mean it's a difficult subject so you always get people who are not so sure if it's the right thing to do or the right way to do it but that's absolutely fine i mean the rest the, the most of the people I've worked with were, as I said, very supportive and encouraging this book from happening. And actually, one of my colleagues, uh, Andrew Bowen, is also the editor of the book, and we are creating a new project linking this book with other things. So I have awesome. no complaints at all. <laughs> I'm really pleased to hear that. 
Um, I'm just thinking about when I run, I, I, I run a, I run how to date courses here. And um, one of the things, one of our exercises we often do is we have lots of different plastic cards and they all say things like meet, say hello, go on a date, see each other naked, have sex, get married, have a baby. And people can put them like in any order they think that the relationship would happen in. And whenever mm-hmm. any of the sex related ones come out, people scream with laughter sometimes and, and mm-hmm. get very overexcited, uh, you know, because it's, they think it's hilarious to be talking about stuff that I think all their life they've been told they couldn't. Um, but we did have some opposition from a family member that, you know, the their, 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 their sister who's in her 50s or 60s come home and was like and she was told oh we talked about sex and they they actually didn't want her to come on the course anymore but you know luckily the staff did persuade the the sisters that actually she was really enjoying it and and it was you know it was good it was educational so I'm really glad that you didn't get any resistance because we do get it sometimes um so just obviously all of the listeners on uh on Sported Loving haven't actually seen the book yet because it's not available to buy is it at the moment uh it's actually gonna start printing either this week or next week <laughs> fantastic okay well we will definitely put links to where you can buy that uh, on, uh on, on our website um but so so just run us through quickly uh r- roughly what is in the book and what 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 are the what are the areas it covers mm-hmm. yeah uh well the book is actually like a mix between comics games activities um and different personalized stories that uh basically guide you through different stages of a relationship which starts with personal space and how to understand others and how the people feel when you know we overtake certain boundaries then it goes to anatomy so we can understand our body and also the other person's body from either gender and then goes to sexual attraction and sexual orientation and sex basically that's the biggest chapter because obviously includes like um if i am like sexual orientation basically homosexuality heterosexuality bisexuality everything then obviously links to anatomy and personal space and how even if i am explaining you know we have babies and what um consequences sex might have not just uh, for others for myself in terms of also disease everything uh, and then explains obviously sex and then links to the next chapter, the last one, which is about uh, relationships and emotions and um, how sometimes sex happens when we are attracted to someone and that's it. And sometimes sex happens when we are actually in love with someone, mm. which involves a lot more. And in both these two last chapters, both of them includes the good and the bad. I mean, we have to tra- um, sorry, educate people in not telling them that uh, sex is all good. Basically, we have to also make them understand that there are some consequences, like jealousy is a bad feeling. So those are things that are also included in the book. And as I said, sexual disease. So it's, it's basically trying to educate them in the most real way mm-hmm. uh, about what sexuality and relationship are. And then at the end of the book, there are also some other activities because this book might take quite a while like with um the fa- the first gentleman i was talking about is uh, he's doing the whole book yeah. and he has been working on it for like seven eight, say nearly eight months now wow, okay. so yeah so he's getting brilliant i mean it's amazing the change that i've seen and then obviously uh, something very important for him is also to understand that the first page he read is 
as important as the last one. I mean, he needs to understand to link one thing to the other and those eight months to be together. Mm -hmm. So the last few activities are actually to combine that. There are some um, games like the cue cards, for example, which is just cards to show them information that they already learn about and then giving them the chance to ask more questions because sometimes with so much information, it might be very difficult for them to, you know, to find out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. see what they want to know basically and so that's one of the activities and then the last part the last final activity is just basically a certificate of where like they have achieved what they wanted to achieve with this whole book and yeah so it can be is it do would you would you think of the book being used individually sort of one-to-one with people or could it be used as a group i think that the most um, my favorite thing about the book is being is how flexible it is because you can either use it a one-to-one as is what I am doing because for example um, especially for the second and the third chapter like anatomy and sexual attraction I think it's important to give the person that privacy so they um, they also understand that sex is something that we actually discuss and have as well in private mm-hmm. and also we give them the chance to open up a bit more I mean it's no I don't think it would be as easy to say in front of 20 people you know your sexual orientation yeah. either than telling to one person but there are also a lot of activities that can be done within a group with the second gentleman I was talking about uh, we are actually using the book combined because he's not doing the whole thing he's doing uh, he's learning about personal space he's learning about sexual attraction and mostly consequences about you know sexual public behaviors and then also relationship and emotions and one of the main things that I'm trying to work with him is self-esteem and it's actually combining sexual attraction and consequences of my behaviors but self-esteem as well like the the changes on him are amazing I was going to ask actually what are the what so what changes have you seen as a result of doing the work with people it's just incredible because um, he's, as I said, 38 years old and he's never said out loud, I am homosexual and that is okay until this year. And it was beautiful to see him saying it with a smile on his face. And then um, after, obviously, he dropped, he started like getting all teary and emotional because of all these years of, you know, not being himself. Yeah. And after that, now his behavior has changed because he feels allowed to talk about it and it's a natural thing for him so it's completely different he doesn't need to um prove his behavior like his sexual needs in that aggressive way anymore because he's able to express it naturally with people that he you know he trusts how about the other the other people you said you were working with um you mentioned two 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 women yeah yeah um there's one of them as i said that she basically uh, says quite often that she wants to have a boyfriend and she is very cuddly and she is always kind of like reaching or seeking for intimacy with others and as I said I'm not really allowed to talk to her yet about anything else but we are learning about personal space and respect others and how others feel and she's already changed from jumping on you to give you a hug to just basically come to you and say Isabel hug and then she waits I say yes and then we have a hug which is a bigger step to be honest to respect others and yeah yeah. and then we're also learning about relationship and emotions and how I feel and one of the 
very important things that I think is for women in that book is uh, about the uh, menstrual cycle mm-hmm. because it doesn't just explain what happened in your body in terms of you know menstruation and I bleed and you know and that's it. It actually explains how sometimes that makes your mood change and explains like how because your mood changes some days of the month you probably will want more cuddle than other times and now she's aware of that and she knows when that might happen and who she's you know more likely to get a cuddle from so then she's able to express that and say you know i'm just i feel sad i want to hug i think that's one of the things i I mean i I, i've just been looking for a training pack i've been asked to deliver some training in a in a in a in a college and and i and i was looking at the period pack routes i've got various training packs um as part of my library and i was looking at it and i was thinking actually do you know what the period one is very focused on blood and as a woman that's had a period for many many years like it, it actually the bleeding is the last is it, normally the least thing that you'll think about it's more mm-hmm. you know I'll often be very upset that I, none of, I don't like any of my clothes none of my friends like me and my house is a mess and, and I'm mm-hmm. fat that'll normally be the thing that I'll think I'll be so miserable about it and then I'll and I won't know why and then all of a sudden I'll just be like oh yeah that's why because my period's <laughs> coming and I just mm-hmm. you know, that kind of you know and I'm someone who's very self-aware and and I think you know that that's you know that change in mood you know it's always mm-hmm. the same things I'll be upset about you know the general and I'll, and I'll think and then like the next day I'll be like oh well, that's why I'm on my period won't I you know but yeah. I think if you're some of the you know with, with autism or with a learning disability like that 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 must be you know it's hard to you know it's hard to understand like the mental effect that having periods can have on people Definitely. and the thing is that um I mean it's obviously different for every woman as well but absolutely if, if you understand more or less your own menstrual cycle you will also probably know when you're going to be more sexually aroused basically yes. more, you know wanting that and that will be also the time when you're going to seek for intimacy and that's absolutely fine but you need to understand if you have a partner you can obviously get it from them but if you don't have a partner there's other ways basically and also there is other part of that intimacy that can be solved with friends like getting a hug absolutely so other than people never having had any sex education Mm -hmm. um, what do you think were the main challenges um, that the people you were working with faced that you talk you talk quite a lot in the book about people with autism struggling to maybe understand some of the social norms Mm -hmm. yeah it's basically that like if you because I see it that um, if, for example, I am needing a hug, then if I don't really understand that you are in a bad mood today, then I might just, as I said with this uh, lady, I might just jump on you and give you a hug. And that's, that's a main difficulty for them because uh, if you, for example, in that situation said to me no today, and then maybe you will say to me, okay, tomorrow, for me it's really upsetting because I don't really understand what's going on with you. I don't really understand why you're playing with me kind of thing. So one of the challenges I think they have usually and they struggle with is with that empathy, with that understanding of what the other person is feeling or why someone will say yesterday, not tomorrow. And, you know, getting to the point where they know how to ask, are you okay? Can we have a hug? Yeah. I'm, I'm not great today. I, I need it from you. And then they will get that answer. And even if someone says, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm with a call. I don't think it's good for you. Just go to ask someone else. That's absolutely fine because they got to that point where they actually 
get the explanation and get the, the understanding of what's going on. And if they struggle with small things like that, like a hug, imagine with big things like when they are feeling jealous or, you know, love or they actually are attracted to someone or, you know, yeah. it has to be really, really hard to get to understand everyone around you. Yes. It's, I, I often think about that. It can be, it can be, you know, relationships are a minefield and, and certainly there's a, there's a, so many unwritten social rules and norms that it, it, it can be, it, it must be, it must be so difficult to understand for some people, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, you know, there's a lot of nuances and very, it's all unwritten and body language and, 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 and eye contact. And if, and if they're things that you struggle with, then I can understand why relationships is, it can be such a minefield, like sexual relationships or intimate relationships can be such a minefield for people. One of the things that is in the book, I'm not sure if you got to there, but is the levels of intimacy, which mm-hmm. is like a, yeah. this triangle that when, like at the bottom part is like strangers and we wave to strangers, then there's friends and we high-five friends and there's family that we cuddle them and then my partner will kiss them. And that's kind of like very visual and the, you know, the initial thing to learn basically. But the problem comes when you actually get to the point and the chance to explain it to someone and they actually say to you, so where are you here, Isabel? Because you are not my family. You're not really my friend. You were with me. You are not a stranger and you're definitely not my partner. Where are you? How can I know how to interact with you? And that's the beauty of it, of it. And that's what I mean about the flexibility of the book. You have like a guide there, but you have to adjust it to the person and to yourself, basically. If I am someone who doesn't enjoy cuddles or, or something like that, then you can just say, well, with me, high fives, because, you know, yeah. I maybe I'm not your friend, but I'm definitely not your family. So let's leave it to friends and let's keep high fives together. But if yeah. you are someone like my case, that I think that, uh, cuddles and hugs and intimacy in that sense are a need, a real emotional need, then I usually said, well, I am somewhere in between those two levels. So in general, let's keep high five. But if you ever need a hug, I am here. Yeah. You, know, you just need to ask. Just yeah. remember that. You and might then have I some family members that you don't hug very often, but you might have some very yeah. close friends that you hug all the time. That's right. So that's it. The important part and the beauty of it to adjust things to that person and to don't stick to that and say, well, don't hug your friends anymore because here's that you have to give high five. No, you know, relationships depends also on how much you know that person. And sometimes, as you said, I might have an uncle who is from my family, but I don't even see him like once a year. And my friends, I see them every day. So yeah. there you go. You swap one, swap one for, for the other because people yeah. need that intimacy so we find it <laughs> well i'm really excited to see a copy of the book um in paper um please let us know as soon as it's available do you know where it's going to be sold uh, i am creating a website it's nearly ready as well okay uh so it's going to be definitely there and then well the company is also i'm going to hopefully become a trainer well within the company of myself a trainer to try to not just sell the book, but also guide people in how to use it, like adjusting things to the person we are going to support and which activities, how to deliver them and everything. So 
there's going to be a different channels out there to find the book and find this project and myself, basically, okay. if anyone needs some guidance. As I well. think that sounds really interesting. Please let me know all the links and I'll make sure that I um, that I record it. So, so, so thank you for having me. Okay, thank Bye. you very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for your time.